don't it's care. Fine. Just, I don't it's care. fine. I really don't care. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. I don't mind at all. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to episode 94 of the Erasable Podcast. I am Coach Tim Wassum, coach of the Lug Nuts, on head host duty tonight, and I am joined by my long-lost co-host, some people that I haven't seen in way too long, and when I say seen, I mean heard, Andy and Johnny. Greetings. It's so good to hear your voices again. Yeah, put, put me in, Coach. I got a double in me. <laughs> It is so fun to hear you guys talk again. It's been it's been too long, and it is that time of the year where it just like gosh, when we get too long, it just it's like I itch to record an episode. So you it's probably good have to hear that your looked voices. at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah a, I cream yeah. for that. <laughs> I see a doctor about that. You know? <laughs> some put some graphite dust on there. Graphite dust, yeah, <laughs> rub it real good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wopex shavings. That's that's the uh, snake oil. Oh, oh yeah, so we haven't recorded all of us together since february yeah which is bonkers yeah i was um, i was gone and then johnny you were gone then and then uh of course we had we had that hostile takeover last time from uh just some weirdos so yeah we took care of that yeah yeah put the kibosh on that had to change the website password so they could upload anything else <laughs> yeah yeah it was punks you know that was <laughs> that was rough it was tougher he started it he hacked yeah, it cool. apologize <laughs> to uh, universe for that i'm yes. so sorry <laughs> yeah but uh it's great to be a unit again yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes um <laughs> so tonight we're going to catch up with one another because we haven't is like legitimately we haven't talked to one another in so long that we're just excited to catch up with each other talk about some stationary things we're also going to discuss some of the spring releases that have come out from our some of our favorite stationary companies so we're glad you're here we're glad you're listening and we're glad to be back together because erasable is one again Cheers. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna dive right into tools of the trade and Johnny, I would like you to get us started. Excellent. So you guys you guys might have heard of this filmmaker named Wes Anderson. Maybe I think, I think once so. or twice. We had, we had some guests on a previous episode that like really pissed me off because they like <laughs> got all this cool stuff. Um they mentioned something about this, but I'd I blocked it away. So <laughs> thanks for reminding me. So today is Wednesday, and I think <laughs> Isle of Dogs is out Friday nationwide. Yes. But um, it was playing at the Art House Theater in Maryland or in Baltimore a couple weeks ago, so we saw it. It was super, super, super good. I can't wait to I mean, see it. You know, that's not a spoiler. It's an it's a stop motion Wes Anderson film. You know, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And you know, like in the middle of it, they're going to play Kink Song for no reason. It fits. Johnny, what oh. is your what is your Skype avatar that I'm looking at right now? Oh, that's a uh, taxidermied fox from the Oregon Ridge Nature Center. Oh shoot! I I was trying to set you up to say I thought it was Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. I thought that's what I was looking at. <laughs> I was like speaking no, of I'm, speaking I'm of stop action uh, Wes Anderson things. Okay, never never mind. <laughs> I remember uh, Colin Malloy from the Decemberists, the lead singer from the Decemberists, uh-huh. changed my parenting model because he had posted something on Twitter about his two-year-old watching Fantastic Mr. Fox. Hmm. I was like, I'm doing this all wrong. <laughs> I, have, I have failed as a parent. Like, I, I need to show this to my kids. Because <laughs> Henry was like movie. four at the time. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. 
George Clooney. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, have, have you guys, you guys have probably noticed that the really horrible 2004 movie Troy is all over the streaming services because there's a new series on Netflix called Troy Fall of a City, which was Ooh. really good. First episode's like, you know, bleh. It was sort of Game of Game of Thronesy, like bad acting, unexplained nudity, and really weird violence. But then it all kind of tapered off, and it became very dramatic for the rest of the Wait, series. So it's not HBO. No. <laughs> no, I think it was on one of the BBC channels when it was on. Yeah, that was a joke. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> they did a good job of uh, diversifying the cast, which is good. It's been so long we forgot we forgot how uh, Tim's humor works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. My students don't know either, and it's been four months. So, it's... <laughs> <laughs> but um, when did this come out? It came out like a week or two ago. It's like eight episodes. The scene, I mean, you know, going into it, it's about the Trojan War. The Hector dies. That scene was really hard to watch, but really well done. Hmm. But yeah, jump in, and then, I don't know, it was really well cast, except for this is the second time there's a movie about or a thing about Troy where the lady who plays Helen is German, and it bothers me. Because she doesn't cover accent up correctly. <laughs> sometimes she has a British accent. Sometimes she's just like, "This is where we have to go." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> this is where we have Pick. What does this an ancient Troy? What does an ancient Greek accent sound like? I don't. I don't think anybody knows. There are a lot of um, names that no one knows the pronunciation for. Right. Yeah, according so, to maybe it's German. Who knows? My, <laughs> my it's actually professor. Julius Caesar. Yes. Uh, it's. That's where that's Kaiser Roman, comes dude. from. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Latin. that's Roman. I'm sorry. Yeah. We know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Plato. <Yeah>. Plato. <laughs> well, it's kind of annoying because you'll have like. <laughs> Aristotle. <laughs> it rhymes with Chipotle. Chipotle. <laughs> Aristotle. He's a spicy Greek. He's a spicy hero. <laughs> it's gyro. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I totally just <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> not helping you out here, Johnny. I'm sorry. You're fine. Um, also, I picked up a book about how to live well without owning a car because I recently went car free again. Hmm, it's a good like, title for the book, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was condescending and stuff. <laughs> it came it came out in 06. So there's mm-hmm. so many ways that it's easier now that didn't exist then. He was like, Have you heard of this thing called Zipcar they have in Boston? Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if there aren't a lot of books that are out for that kind of thing. Like, there are a lot of, like, cycling books, but no, like, screw it, walk everywhere books. Yeah. yeah. I But if, if I saw this book, seen this book, like, a week ago, it would have changed my life. But we live in an area which living in the – we don't live in the, really in the south. We live in, like, the center of the country, like, right in the middle. And – so we had Jane's car. I don't think I actually got to tell this story on the podcast, but Jane's car, which was a uh, Toyota Matrix, 2007 Toyota Matrix, hmm. was starting to have some problems. And it was like failing, like just not starting all the time. And Finally, I got in the car. I drove it to the dealer. And I, at every stop sign or stop light, I would have to change it into neutral and like rev the engine. Like, <laughs> like I was a total badass. Like I was like, <laughs> so that it wouldn't die. And so like the light would turn green once, and then I would switch it to drive, and I would drive. And I pulled into the dealership, and it was like shaking like crazy when I did. I was like, <laughs> and then died like as I pulled into the, <laughs> the parking spot. 
And so, you know, uh, as one would, I turned the car off, handed the keys to the dealer, and was like, hey, I'd like to trade in my Toyota <laughs> Matrix outside. Um, and so that happened. And we got a toy or a Honda CRV, which is oh been, my my brother's wife just got one of those. Yeah, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. but also had its own problems. I'm not going to get into because this is not a car podcast. And uh, but and then uh, less than a week later, my Subaru completely crapped out and died at a Barnes and Noble pretty close to here, um, and barely survived that situation and like that whole time like so i had to get the mass airflow sensor replaced i thought it was going to be like a totally dead car and have to start over but the whole time i was thinking can i please just not have a car (laughs) like please um but we live in a place that is just everything is just far enough away (laughs) that it won't work yeah so because i mean i know a lot of listeners will sympathize with that but it's just like sometimes you live in a place where it's like public transportation is super crappy where i live (laughs) that's how it is here because it just started like five years ago so yeah but that was a super long reaction to uh (laughs) your mention of a book but (laughs) that's that's what's been going on in my life (laughs) right now (laughs) so i thought i'd mention it um yeah so but but yoda slash uh, that was the name Henry gave my Subaru was Yoda. <laughs> my name was Zelda for Zelda Fitzgerald, but um, so, um, she's back. She's back and running. Oh, good. For I'm, now, I'm happy about that. I I was sad yeah. about your Subaru. Yeah, it made me really sad, but uh, it got back running. Cost me several, many hundred dollars. <laughs> I got it back running, which is better than a car payment. And for two days, for the first time in three years, I did not have a check engine light on in my car. <laughs> And then today at uh, at about six o'clock, it turned back on. Oh no! <laughs> which made me want to slam my head through the glass window next to me. But yeah, hopefully it's something that doesn't involve the drivability. Yeah. So, I mean, Johnny, I'm I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> totally hijacking <laughs> your note with my. Uh, I'm just fishing for pity here. I'm fishing for an erasable listener to offer me a new car. Hey, I tried, but we're so far away. Here it goes. Yeah, you did. Yeah, and I honestly, I almost texted you back and said, "So, but if I could get out there, like, yeah. what would you charge for?" I, I guess, I guess I'll jump on the hijack then and and say, so I, I also recently bought a, like, had a had a car thing. We, we uh, got a new Forester. As Johnny got rid of his 2018 Forester, I got a 2018 Forester, not the same one, <laughs> but. Uh, we had a 2005 Forester that we tried to trade in, and the dealership was going to offer us a hundred dollars for it. And oh I was like, God. I could get at least like twenty five hundred dollars for this. Yeah, my, like it's, the offer yeah. for my '95 Subaru Legacy L was eighty five bucks. <laughs> oh my! <God. laughs> I have I have fountain pens that are more expensive than, <laughs> than the car, car that I tried to trade in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Actually, try that again. I have dozen a, a pack of a dozen pencils that is three times as much right. expensive exactly. as the <laughs> as the car that i tried to trade in yeah so yeah so if i if i had a way i could actually i could like get this 2005 forester to you <laughs> we could uh we could talk but no uh, that's yeah. very nice of you if anybody's driving from just randomly from san francisco to johnson city tennessee like let me know <laughs> let's talk 
We need like a driving something. board, like from uh, on the road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We could all literary about it. That'd be great. Exactly. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, Johnny, get, continue with your story. <laughs> now you may continue. No, that's Johnny. it. No. No, we were having that that feeling for like two years. Every time I got into, it, I'm like, I wish I didn't have to have a car. And I'm like, wait, I don't have to have a car. I'm a grown up, and I live in the city. <laughs> and I'm like, I chose where I live when I didn't have a car. Hmm. <laughs> but you know, by uh, selling new cars is a really stupid financial decision, but it works out. That's good. Yeah, I eat a lot more food. And I go through a lot more shoes. But, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's fun to wear your shoes out. Yeah, cool. and um, so writing on with Blackwing 54 on a write notepad, secure a book, which is like springtime perfection. Yeah. Two two things of which we will talk about. Yeah. yeah. So how about you, Andy? Well, um, I recently read a um, really good book. I think that our listeners would really like this. Um, actually written by a friend of mine, somebody I worked with um, at Facebook for a while, but it is a book. It's called Dictionary Stories. And essentially what he did is he... Uh, created dozens and dozens of like short stories exclusively from example sentences from dictionaries. Oh, that's awesome. So he um, he has twelve different um, dictionaries that he pulls this from, and he just has a big interesting thing in the front of the book about like how he went about doing this, and it started as just like a little hobby. Um, he, he would make like little zines and just like give them to people and sell them to people. And eventually it turned into a book deal. So quit his job and basically put this together. Um, and it's like a legit publisher, like, um, Harper Collins published this and his uh, opening party was at, um, the booksmith, which is a, um, a bookshop here in town, right in the Haight-Ashbury district. And, uh, we went there the other day to see the opening and it was him in conversation with Robin Sloan, who's another local guy who, wrote the novel uh, Mr. Penumbra's 24-Hour Bookstore, which I think I've talked about on here before. Um, just really good book. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a really... Harry Marks is a huge fan of that book. Yeah, it's it's a really good book. I'm a big fan of all of Robin Sloan's writings. But, um, but yeah, Dictionary Stories. Um, I'll, uh, I'll see if I can uh, find a good example story on his website to share with everybody. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Like that's, when you described that, that made me want to use that concept to get my students to start writing. Like it's a really, a, yeah, I feel really like it's a really good device. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he, it was interesting. He, um, he decided that there were some rules that he should follow and like some things that he can change. So he allowed himself to, change to make the st make the story like have good continuity he he allowed himself to change like the tense of words and he allowed himself self to change like personal pronouns like he or she depending on the story he was writing and he allowed himself to like make compound sentences out of these things but he also he also said that the changes could not comprise more than five percent of the overall story which i'm like that's <laughs> that's a really interesting constraint so he yeah, yeah it's fascinating how he how he did that. And I just can't imagine like the amount of time and like brain power it must have taken to do that. Yeah, so. limitations are often like really healthy for a Absolutely. fiction writer. Yeah. Yeah. Makes I, I, you think less. Totally. Yeah. And it, it it's it's fun when there's like the right constraints are in place, I think. Um so yeah, he that's that's a really good book. Um then I was <laughs> I was also gonna mention I, I guess I, I don't know how I should feel about this. Um, I used to really love Roseanne, the sitcom. Yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, it's a very good show. 
and um, so Roseanne is is back. You know, they're doing a like a reunion season twenty twenty years later. Um, and yeah, we're watching it. I I know Roseanne Barr kind of went off the deep end a little bit <laughs> as far as you know. Sh- she was the um, twenty twelve like runner up uh, presidential candidate for the Green Party, right behind Jill Stein. <laughs> what really? Yeah, that's. Crazy. But then so. since then she's like that's bad shit. Yeah, she she she's I'm like sorry. a supporter. No, it's typewriter bill. Typewriter yeah. bill. <laughs> Bat bill. Um, I'm gonna write that time down. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Since then she's uh um, you know she's been like a conspiracy theorist and a Trump supporter and whatever. Um, but it's still it's still a really good show. Like it's it's about the Connor Did family. Trump supporter. Yeah. She is really big time. Didn't he like tear into her at some point? Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, that was Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Move along. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so mixed up my Rosies. Yeah. It's so, my dog, Rosie O'Donnell, and Roseanne. I'm and uh, and Rosie Gamber. Rosie Gamber. Oh yeah. <laughs> the best. The best Hi, Rosie. Rosie of them all. Rosie Gamber. My sister's name is Rosie too. And um, the second. Tie for first, best <laughs> Rosie is Sandy's sister. It's all right. Rosie Gamber can be first. That's fine. Um, yeah. So it's a it's a good show. Have you watched any of the new any of the new Roseanne? I've not. No, I missed the last couple seasons of them when it was on. Yeah, it's. I think I'd be lost. It's interesting. Johnny Galecki was on the the latest episode of the new one, and it's it's really weird to see him as some other character than the Big Bang Theory character he has. <laughs> Is there a? I know there's a character from the original Roseanne that was like a baby that was named Jerry Garcia. What? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Actually, is there <laughs> from the original one? Is there a? I don't know. From the modern season, there was a baby that was named Jerry Garcia, and I was kind of on the Jerry know. Garcia Connor. I'm looking this up right now. Here's what yeah. happened to Jerry on Roseanne, according to the new <laughs> reboot. You may have forgotten all about him. The youngest <laughs> child of Roseanne and Dan Connor. His birth. His, oh, his birth was shown during the Halloween's episode in season eight. He was played by twin babies. Uh, apparently, um, he would be in his 20s by now. And the family says grace at the dinner table. Oh, yeah, I remember this. And the, the line was, please watch over our son, Jerry, who's on that stupid fishing boat, where apparently they don't get phone calls, she said. <laughs> and that's where they left it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. So Jer- Jerry Garcia Connor is, is, is a joke now. <laughs> cool and and i'm writing with a also a blackwing 54 um but in my um i really should branch out more i'm just using my baron fig metamorphosis confidant which i've been using for months now it's a beautiful (laughs) book though yeah it's really great it's unfortunately like the pinks don't match the 54 and the of the like pencil and the the pink of the metamorphosis are not do not match but you know what that's fine I don't even care. Tim, close yeah, it's, fine. I yeah. it's fine. I don't it's care. Fine. It's fine. I don't care. I don't care. Really don't care. It's fine. It's totally fine. I don't mind at all. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Tim, how about you? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. Um, uh, for consuming, uh, as far as watching stuff, the one thing that I've seen recently, well, there's really two, but one I had already seen, which is uh, on Amazon Prime, I signed up for the one week trial of HBO mm. and I was able, I, I got it because I was going to watch get out finally, which I didn't end up doing. 
that I'm going to watch soon. And I was going to watch May at Last, the Avett Brothers documentary. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Which I've talked about before, but was even better on the second watch. That documentary is unbelievable. It's As far as like rock music documentaries go, I love it so much. Because they, they meant a lot to me for a decade. But it was directed by Jed Apatow. Yeah. And uh, it, their producer is Rick Rubin. Amazing Rick Rubin, who's produced uh, the Ava Brothers, Johnny Cash, and he, I mean, he runs American Records. Has worked with Jay Z. He was in the Beastie Boys. Did, like a, did you see him in the uh, the David Letterman show? I I was just talking to a friend about that like three hours ago. Really? <laughs> when I was at their house. I haven't yeah. watched it yet, but I can't wait to because he's an amazing amazing individual. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I got that to watch. May at last, the Avid Brothers documentary, which everyone should watch, is about the recording of their new album, True of Sad, uh, True Sadness, which came out a year and a half ago, a year ago, something like that. Uh, but the other thing I watched was the first episode of Barry, hmm. which is, uh, which is Bill Hader's new show on HBO. He's like an actor slash like assassin well, or something. Well, I'll correct you. He is an, okay. he is a assassin slash actor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he he goes to he's a a veteran of the war in Afghanistan, and he comes back, and a family friend gets him hooked into this uh, system where he I mean he's basically killing bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean he's like an assassin, and he's hired to kill these he's guys the who assassin. are doing horrible. Yeah, I yeah. mean, as much as he can be, I guess you know he's 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 an assassin, but his his life is shocker, super sad. <laughs> yeah. Um. But he follows a job, like a hitman job, to L.A., and he follows his target to a acting class hosted by Henry Winkler, <laughs> 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 um, and. And gets kind of sucked into it and ends up on stage unexpectedly and de- decides that, like, man, this acting stuff gives me meaning in my life. So <laughs> I want to do it, um, which is – but so it's this weird dichotomy of having these really funny scenes with Bill Hader being Bill Hader and being in a acting group that he obviously is not ready to be a part of, but also being like a super skilled hitman <laughs> in like disturbing ways, you know? Bill Hader's so good at just being so weird. Like Yeah. Yeah. So he he succeeds in this at being a super weird hitman, but also a super weird actor <laughs> in an acting class. And he's convincing on both sides totally. Like I mean he uh, I think he he wrote, directed and acted in the first the first episode. So I think everybody should check it out. Barry is really funny and really, it's really good. It's a really good show. Yeah. So, and I've been reading a book called wool by Hugh Howie and Hugh Howie was the, he's kind of like the first uh, person to do self publishing on Amazon that really hit it big. Hmm. As far as I know. And uh, the novel wool, which you can get on Amazon for, it's like five or six bucks is an omnibus version of all of his novellas that became a part of the story. And it's really good. It's uh, the concept. It's like a post-apocalypse thing, but the, it presupposes that these huge uh, kind of spiral shaped 
silos were built down into the ground hmm. when the apocalypse was approaching. And so people were able to buy spots in these silos. And so the characters in this story are within those silos. Um, and so like the further down you are, obviously you don't have any context for what the world above you is like. And I don't know. It's, it's fascinating. It's really fun. So I think uh, wool by Hugh Howie is an awesome story. And, and I think I bought the, the ebook for like six bucks and the audiobook that comes with it, which I don't have her name, the woman who reads it, but she doesn't, just a fantastic job. It's like an extra three bucks. Uh, part so one like, of Wool is free on Kindle right now. That's awesome. Yeah. Do it. Get it. Doing it Get right it now. Right. Yep. Do it right now. It's so good. It's a good uh, sci-fi story. And uh, Hugh Howey is this really fascinating character, the, the author himself, who was just working on his writing and decided to self-publish. He's kind of the dream story of all of us who are writing and do, don't have a book deal and the big five booksellers, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just he made it. And now he's literally sailing around the world with an assistant you know, who's teaching him how to play piano and, <laughs> and uh, teaching him different languages. And he's just like living the life and um, in the most noble way possible. So it's, it's a really good book. I totally recommend it. Hmm. So, and then for, as far as music goes, I have two that I was going to mention. Uh, one I mentioned, I actually intended to mention last time, which is uh, Nathaniel Rateliff in the night sweats. I thought he was in Harry I- Potter. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. His night sweats, his superpowers would be super gross. But um, <laughs> uh, he, his first album is self-titled. And if you know him, you know already, even if you don't, it's because of a song called SOB. That's the sanitized version of the title of his his song. But it's SOB, Give Me a Drink, is the, the beginning of the chorus. That was his kind of big hit song, but his first album is totally incredible. It's kind of like modern indie music mixed with uh, 50s, 60s soul pop hits, and it's so entertaining. And if you can find it, go on YouTube and find his appearance on Jimmy Fallon when he played SOB, and it is one of the coolest performances I've ever seen. I've showed it to students at school because I was like... I think you've mentioned it here before. Like I remember I talking have. about this. Yeah, yeah, I probably have. It's it's amazing. But he has a new album out that came out pretty recently, which is called "Tearing at the Seams," which I got, and uh, I love it. I listen to it every single day. Um, the my favorite song from it is called "Hey Mama." So if you want to check a song out, call, check out "Hey Mama." Uh, it's a guy talking to his mom about like life and complaining about life. And then his mom is saying, you have no reason to complain. You've never really had to do anything, which I feel <laughs> like is the, hey, hey mama is like the millennial anthem. You don't know what it means to really need something, <laughs> you know? Um, so listen to Hey Mama by Nathaniel Rateliff in the Night's West. And the other one is called Bedouin, which I found out about on NPR yesterday. Uh, but Bedouin, sh- she's a... Uh, kind of a folk singer, but she she was born. Her family is from Syria, and they were born in. She was born in Syria. She was raised in Syria. They eventually moved to Saudi Arabia, and then they won a lottery to get a 
a green card to America. And she lived in Boston and Houston. But there's this program on NPR that's called, I think it's called Slingshot or something like that, where they find artists who are just on the cusp that they want to give more attention to. And so Bedouin was one of those artists and had this really amazing album. And it kind of sounds like Iron and Wine uh, hmm. or Harry, Harry Nilsson or something. Um, but with just, I mean, this amazing depth of experience with it. So Bedouin, B-E-D-O. U-I-N-E. It's a really awesome album, and I've been loving it. Loving it, loving it. She's amazing. Um, so, yeah. And uh, as far as writing, I am using a Copper Pipe, Night, Copper Pipe Night Raid edition of Field Notes. This is the DDC Factory Floor memo book yeah. from a few years ago, which I've been having this realization that Field Notes books are just perfect, you know? compared to, I mean, a lot of others. And I, I was going through, I finished a notebook, a uh, field notes, Portland edition, and was going through unfinished field notes editions that I had. And I've got, you know, three or four of them that I hadn't actually finished through. And this is the first one that I picked. And it's just such a cool notebook. This is the copper pipe. It has the copper cover and the bright orange interior. And I'm finishing up right now. And I am writing with a general's layout pencil that is about nice. four inches long that I love. So super cool. I love this pencil. I I uh, don't give it enough attention. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So let's uh, go into fresh points. Andy, get us started. Go for it. Well, um, first I wanted to mention, uh, so there's a, um, a clothing store that's – around these parts and I know that they're around other parts of the country too I'm just not sure it's called Uniqlo and it's mostly like Japanese it's like it's like Japanese the gap I guess um, and in Japan uh, last year they they um, well so so they do these series of t-shirts that are called the brands where they do like little partnerships with various brands of things uh, Disney thing one time they had like a um, board like a classic board game thing. Last year in Japan, they had uh, um, a, a partnership with Tombow, and you could get um, a shirt that basically had a little, like a T-shirt that had a pocket, and out of that pocket was screen printed like Tombow pencils. I really wanted one of one of these pencil these shirts. It was really hard to get because they were only in Japan. Well, this year, um, this season, they have uh, the brands collection for 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 T-shirts, and they are. Um, Two of the shirts involve Pentel sign pens, and then also Bic crystal pens. So, um, the Pentel sign pens is just this white T-shirt with blue and red and green sign pens, just like writing a little line across the the base of it, and it just says Pentel sign pen, which is pretty cool. Um, and they have uh, a couple different Bic crystal um, uh, shirts. They have one with the little like Bic character with the I don't know what the heck that head is like that shiny black head um and then some of the um the yellow like biro bix um so while this is not officially a bic crystal podcast i think that we are definitely fans of them here so uh, and i think you can get them online so if you go to uh, the link in show notes um yeah check this out it's 15 bucks and it looks like they have they have all the sizes um so that yeah that, that's oh, really man. cool <laughs> Right, two different sign pen shirts. Yeah, 
Uh, oh my god! And there's there's two two different Bic shirts too. There's that one and that I was just talking about, and there's one that's blue, with the little like Bic guy sticking out of the pocket along with a like a Bic crystal pen, which is pretty mm. fun. So I, it's totally a novelty shirt, and if you're somebody who would walk around with a pen printed on your shirt, then <laughs> then definitely look at this. It's pretty awesome. Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's sort of like our unofficial end of the podcast, right? Yeah, I think so. It's totally. And yeah. I'm going to throw out there that we totally need a new T-shirt. Which it's true. Yeah. We I need to figure this we, out. It's been, it's been too long since we've done a T-shirt. So. We were talking about that a couple yeah. minutes ago. Let's, let's yeah. work together, and by work together, I mean... I'm gonna do minimal work. Beg of our beg, <laughs> beg one of our artist friends to yes, help us with it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We need one. <laughs> we need one. I want to do more this time. Yeah, I'll write a quote for the back. Okay, give me. A, I'll give. I'll give you a hot pull quote for the back. Hot pull quote. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, Tim. Give us a hot quote. Pencils are dead. <laughs> Unless you listen Nietzsche. to the Erasable podcast. Ooh, good one. There That's you go. <laughs> Pencils are dead. That's the show title Done. right there. Hot, yeah. hot quote, pull quote is the title. All right. I was going to say Cedar or GTFO. <laughs> yeah, C- <laughs> Cedar like or GTFO. That. That's better. Cedar or GTFO. Graphite or GTFO. Uh, graphite, the good fight. Um, I also want to mention, I think that uh, I mostly want to talk about it because I want to use it as the episode uh, cover art, but you guys saw my erasable logo latte, didn't you? Very oh. good. <laughs> Ermagerd, you know. And you sent me to the coffee pot when I had enough coffee that day, too. (laughs) So you actually made me feel very good. Oh, good. That was amazing. Hope I didn't make you just like heart race and end up in the ER. So it's uh, a. (laughs) So San Francisco is a very strange place, a strange and wonderful place. And uh, there are startups that will, for example, uh, put a latte art printer in in your building's coffee shop. So Adobe has like a little internal coffee shop and uh, there's this app called Coffee Rip- Coffee Ripples and you can upload artwork or a photo or whatever via this app. And when you go up to the counter to order a latte, you basically can send the artwork to this machine and say like, oh, hey, I got one of the, you know, Coffee Ripple things. And then they roll their eyes and they make you a latte and then they put the latte under the machine. And then you can have something printed on the uh, on the latte. I have no idea how it works, but it's really cool. Um, I'm told that it works extra well with like um, a nitro cold brew. Like if you have one of those made, uh, mm. p- printing into the nitro cold brew like like head foam head, you could do that really well. So that's my next that's my next thing. I told I told Toffer that I want to, you know, print his face on a latte and then just like have a picture of me like sticking a straw into his head and then drinking from it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not weird. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. I uh, expect more things to be printed on lattes and posted in the group. Uh, <laughs> and the last thing I wanted to mention, um, nothing like really s- specifically timely about this, um, but we've talked before about a uh, friend of the show, Jason Patterson, who is actually a friend of Mike Hagen's, and he was introduced to the er- Erasable Group and to the Wonders of Pencils. Is kind of like a master hackwinger. Like he, some of the coolest hackwings that I've seen, uh, just in the last, you know, recent days are from Jason. And part of it is he's an artist. Uh, he like really has an intuitive sense of like what cool stuff goes together. But mm. he he recently started a um, Instagram account for his hackwings, 
Um, it, if it's 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 Instagram.com slash, or if you're in the app, of course, it's hack underscore wings, and you will see some of the most darn beautiful hack wings you've ever seen. Like he he will pinstripe uh, stripes onto the ferrule. He'll uh, like color them in and make different colors out of them. He's just really good at it. So uh, yeah, I I think someday we should have him on to just to talk about like. You know, art and hack wings. And oh, the, yes. The subtle art of hack wings. Definitely. Sounds yeah. good. I just wanted to talk about his his Instagram account. So, uh, Johnny, what about you? What are your fresh points? So, you guys have gotten your um, Baron Fig show and tell edition? Yeah. So, did you get one of those, Tim? I did not. Andy did, right? Yeah, I got one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... For folks who haven't seen it, it's one of their limited edition confidants in this like really deep purple, but not like dark purple and not Joker purple. It's like dusty. It's really pretty. Yeah. With um and the pages are blank at the top and lined at the bottom. So, you know, they're good for like travel journaling or anything that involves, you know, pictures and words on the on the same page. So I got a review copy and didn't want to give it up because i'm using it so it was my daughter's birthday so she got one <laughs> also but so, like, it, it's really cool i think you know they've gotten flack for being weird on the inside and this is like i don't know if you'd call it weird it's differently useful mm-hmm. well it's an interesting partnership with dribble which is a um it's a website where it's like a portfolio website for designers and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a designer like a graphic designer instagram right like it's it's they do a lot of like you know you can have your portfolio there and show like a little gif of of your your animation or like the new logo you're working on um and i feel like this notebook is such a perfect like analog version of dribble because that's exactly the format of you know of their their uh website so i thought that was a really creative partnership and um even just itself it's so interesting yeah i think didn't Moleskin make something like this a couple years ago? They have like or a story. They have like a storyboard Moleskin where they have yeah, like story right. panels. Yeah, is that it? I don't know. It seems like it's not that weird. Why don't more people make something like this? Yeah. But I think I think this is the coolest one they've done in a long time. That wasn't just like dot grid or lined. Yeah. Possibly the coolest one they've done ever. That's not dot grid or lined. Yeah. So um, my daughter just turned uh, eight two days ago, which kind of breaks my heart. But um, all of her presents for me were like super expensive for kids stationery, like the show and tell. And Blackwing 54s, which I told her were sold out, which was true. They were sold out when I told her that. <laughs> I had already bought them. And um, so she's at the... At the Baltimore Museum of Art, they've got a pretty big selection of Rodin sculptures, including a really big cast of the Thinker that she's sort of obsessed with. So Kickerland makes a pencil sharpener that's like a really nice resin sculpture of the Thinker, like the size of a kid's fist with a pencil sharpener in the bottom. Hmm. So she got that, which is cool. And it's actually, I'm pretty sure, the same size as that really, really slim coom. So I think I can rip it out and put actually a good sharpener in it, which is triple cool. Hmm. Yeah. What else did she get that was stationary related? Oh, they're um you guys might have seen these boxes around. They're sort of hipster looking. 
because they make one that's white with like you know those triangles that hipsters think look like pine trees there's uh <laughs> danica i think but they're these like really heavy duty pencil boxes they're huh. like i don't know six 16 to 20 bucks depending which one you get you have to put so, a link yeah, in show you, notes i'm not sure what this yeah. is yeah the links is it in there oh, if it's not i'll put it in there oh, i see um yeah yeah so that's the one that i got her the um it's called the empire but i got one for huh. I don't know, father's day or my birthday like you could probably rob a 7-eleven with one of these even if it wasn't full of pencils they're pretty cool i should like take make a big list of the cool stuff she got for her birthday from daddy yeah. so um uh a gentleman who was pretty active in the field nuts group has recently caught the pencil bug in our group mr larry grimaldi and i hope i'm not embarrassing him or mispronouncing his name so i sent him some Wopex in because he mentioned he never tried them and you know I love to convert people to the Wopex so Larry sent me those new um, Field Museum Field Notes books oh yeah those are cool yeah yeah, and one of the green ones which I also didn't have so now I have an instant Field Museum collection of Field Notes Ooh. so like big thank you to Larry they're really really cool I think my kids are going to steal them but that's okay did you see that there's yet, used. yet another roastery Field Notes only this time it's only in Shanghai <laughs> Oh my god, that thing is so pretty. Uh, I feel like they're doing this just to mess with like field notes collectors, which which I support. Yeah. Yeah, look look at this one. I was like, that is one I'm not even gonna try to get because <laughs> it's impossible. And I, I don't pay more than retail for field notes ever. I'm never going to. But uh yeah, that oh my god. And it, did it, I think it has the same insides as the Seattle roastery, like the explanations of coffee and the dot yeah. grid paper and everything. Yep. Ooh, it's so pretty. I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, on the balance, the copper stamping on the wood that we can get not that hard in a – or you can get without much difficulty if you know someone in Seattle. I, I'll take that one over the red one. Yeah. But the red one is really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. We could talk about field notes all night. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to surrender the the fresh points to Tim before we do that. <laughs> Well, the first one I'll mention is another podcast. We've talked about it before, but the Take Note podcast, mm-hmm. which is Ted and Adam, run that. And I've really been enjoying that for the last couple of weeks. I've caught up. They're such thoughtful all the guys. way. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's uh it's really entertaining for me. And I'm I've talked about the Lunchbox podcast on here before, which is. J. Robert Lennon and Ed Skoog, two writers who do just this really good podcast. And my, my one of my favorite formats for a podcast is the like, we're two old friends and we're going to let you listen to us have a conversation. I'll try to keep up as best you can. You know, <laughs> like we're going to be talking about things. We're making inside jokes. We're going to be just enjoying each other. I don't know. I, I love that. I love that format. And take note. Sort of feels similar. Yeah. So. Um, and I've really been enjoying that podcast. The last one, they've had some audio issues along the way, which really doesn't bug me a whole lot. I know early on, like caused some problems. And the last one that came out was skipping. So there's, it's still early and they're still figuring things out, but I, I really enjoy it. So give, take note a shot. I think Ted and Adam are doing an awesome job. And the, the concept is they do a podcast about, uh, what do we use our pocket notebooks for? So there's a section where they talk about, you know, here's what here here are two things from my pocket notebook from the last two weeks. 
that might seem out of context for you, but I'm going to fill in the gaps and then we'll talk about it, um, which I think is pretty pretty great. So I, I kind of want to steal that. <laughs> um, but I think they did a great job. So um, this uh, Baron Fig came out with a new pen in the last what? couple of weeks. Yeah. Where have you been, Johnny? Oh, I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. Tim and I had a, lo- a loud argument about this last night on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbor started beating on the walls. It was embarrassing. Yeah, called the police. Yeah. Um, this a <laughs> Baron Fig came out with a, a new squire, which is the click. Is that what they called it? It's click. Yeah, click? I think so. Yeah, yeah. The squire, squire click, which is um, if you think of the if you have a squire, it is essentially the same pen, but it's about ten percent, fifteen percent thinner. Than the one that you're used to, and it has a click uh, function instead of a twist function on the end to to get the cart the ink cartridge to come out. And it's like so, thirty dollars cheaper, right? Uh, yeah, it's 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 cheaper for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's got it's got you know like anything, it's got some pros and cons. The pros, it is uh, um, the click is very smooth. It's like, well, if you're a person who doesn't want the audible kind of clunk clunk click you know it's it's very smooth it's soundless you can click it really easily um it's a very streamlined pen like of course you'd expect after the the previous squires but um it's very thin you know i mean i i've enjoyed it a lot uh, i mentioned to andy and johnny in a text that it, it feels like kind of the uh the old cross pens that you'd get from your grandmother or grandfather from previous generations kind of passing it down. It's just a really kind of solid pen. It's thin. It seems useful. But less I mean, with the original Squires, I didn't really get caught up in the clip thing very much because the twist can't – you can't accidentally – that twist function can't accidentally happen in your pocket, right? You can throw that thing in your pocket. There's no way it's going to do a whole, like, 360 degree turn yeah and and unless you fidget with it you don't even realize it right that's true but (laughs) that's not going to happen but the click pen i mean you sit down once and that thing pops out so i was writing the thing and i was like i mean i love this it's cool it looks good it's the charcoal color but i would never put this thing in my pocket you know which it's kind of disappointing because, gosh, man, I want to be positive about this. I want to say the good things. And ultimately, like as far as how it writes and the the ink cartridge that, ink that it comes through comes with is really good and it looks good. But for me personally, it's pretty much a, a pen. And maybe this is what they're going for, which would be totally fine. But it's a pen that I would put on my uh, Dudek modern goods stand on my deck and just leave on my desk and just leave it there, you know, grab it when I need to use it, click it, start writing. Whereas the previous Baron fig squires, I would be fine. Twisted clothes, throw up my pocket and go around, you know, go along with my day. So does it have the same refill? No. Hmm. I should say that I haven't tried to fit the old refill into this one, but, um, I and if you'll give me just a second, I'm opening a Keras Customs pen. I have that. This my favorite refill is the uh, Schmidt Easy Flow 9000M, which is a ballpoint refill. 
that I really, really love, and I've used it with uh, the Keras Customs Bolt and the Retro 51 pen and the Keras Customs uh, EDK, which is their kind of small click pen that they come up with. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love it. It's the most consistent, beautiful ballpoint pen I've ever used, and it fits with the the new Baron Fig uh, Squire click, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. So it's a different shape. So I haven't had, I haven't tried to fit the rollerball, you know, like liquid ink version that came with the previous uh, Squires. It, it, it might fit, but I, I'm going to venture to guess that it doesn't. So I don't know. The Squire Click is a, is a really sharp pen. It's really good. It's not a good pocket pen, in my opinion, unfortunately. But I still, I use it all day today at work, and I really enjoyed it. But I, I kind of keep it in a stand. And that seems to be the best place for it. So um, with a pocket pen, I don't really understand what you're supposed to do with it besides that, right? Keep it in a stand. You can't, if you put it in your breast pocket, it's just going to like flop around all day. If you put it in your pants pocket, it's going to click when you don't want it to. And it's going to leave an ink stain in your pants. Like, so I feel like it, it needs a clip, right? It and- either needs a clip or it needs to be just kept on a stand. And that's one thing with the Squires that I've, kind of been annoyed at for a while is like i i completely understand sort of the aesthetic that they want to try to hit with that but like it's it has that so minimalist aesthetic and putting the clip on it would like ruin sort of the the lines right but yeah it it, it solves two problems like that the squire at least the regular squire is just going to roll away on your desk like it's not tapered enough to just kind of roll in a circle um and then also like yeah i just like so get over your your hipster self, Joey, and just give us something with a pencil clip. Or give me a <laughs> give me a detachable, like a s- sold separately pocket clip. That would be amazing. Less from the the RSVP podcast uh, has a three D printed pocket clip for it, mm. um, and I actually should follow up and see if that's still holding up. But she, yeah, um, yeah she thought that was a good solution. I would love to, I would love to get one of those for my two squires. Yeah, and unfortunately for the squire. I mean, one of its design benefits is that the it kind of tapers out towards the bottom, right? So the it gradually it's smaller at the top than it is at where you're holding it, which is really can be really comfortable for how you're writing. But with the clip, the clip's got to go down off the top. Like you've got to pull it down from the top instead of up from the bottom, for like most pens would be. Um, so when you pull it down from the top of the pen where you twist it. When you put it in your pocket, that's going to leave it liable to just kind of come loose yeah. and be loose in your pocket, which is a problem, uh, unfortunately. So maybe there's still a solution out there, but you know, most clips you try to use with it are going to eventually slide off if the force is going down because you're putting it down in your pocket. Yeah. Unless we need to start coming out with like Baron Fig pants that have pockets that go the opposite direction. <laughs> Baron Fig <laughs> pants, yes. Yes, the pockets go up instead of down so you can like slide the pen up and <laughs> up into your pants. Give them another so couple that... months and I'm sure that that will be a, a new release. Yeah. You know, we're big fans of Baron Fig, but... Uh, this pen is really great, but it seems like on the practical level, it's either in a pen case on your pe- on your desk, which is totally fine. A lot of people do that. They have a pen that they sit on their desk. That's what I use them at my desk. Uh, but in your pocket, it's not as useful, you know, because it's going to click out. And same reason I you don't use a Pilot G2 in my pocket when I'm 
when if I can't clip it, you know? Yeah. Because it's going to click out and it's going to stay in my pocket or whatever. But so that's that. I mean, overall, writing experience is really great. It's just the practical, like carrying around aspect that it's either on your desk or it's in a pocket that's kind of flopping around. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens from there. But I have been looking and I was going to ask you all do you know any, are there any at all? I've talked about this before, I think, but it's been a while. A, a round, natural cedar pencil. Uh, I have a small box of them. The Field Notes pencils? Those aren't cedar, though, right? Well, yeah. I, I think they took a break from cedar, but they're cedar again now. For the Field Notes pencil. Yeah, they say they were always cedar, but there were some a couple years ago that are most certainly not cedar. Definitely not, because I've gotten yeah. some of those, and they're definitely not cedar. Yeah, the newest ones are cedar. No shit. Oh, oh and there's there's <laughs> yeah. um there's a brand of Hobby Lobby's house pencils that are natural cedar, but they're I don't know they're all right they're overpriced, and okay. you have to go to Hobby Lobby to get them, and they don't exist everywhere. Huh. Okay. Well, I guess that's yeah. an easy question, but like I mean, that's still it's like. It's crazy that they're that rare, you know? Yeah. I mean, that I, to get a, a round cedar pencil, there's maybe a Field Notes pencil that fits that bill, which, the, again, the ones I have are totally not. I mean, oh, there's one. There's um, Sentient Viarco pencils or Natural Cedar, but they don't yeah, smell like cedar. Those are gross, though. <laughs> yeah. so, um, and I really purchase... want the lavender ones. But they're out of stock. <laughs> I have um, those... Um, those weird ones, I think I sent you a couple that are unfinished from the um, Forest Choice factory. Yeah, yeah, I've got, so those are my model. Like, I've got, I have one of those that's, I finished a couple of them, but I've got one that's halfway through, and then I've got two that are unsharpened. And so I've been having this crisis from, like, I don't know what I'm going to do when these are gone, because I love <laughs> these. And so I've taken the ferrules off of Field Notes pencils and... Uh, right notepads, natural round pencils, and sharpen them from the opposite sides. You know, because I wanted that same kind of feel of a good solid pencil that doesn't have an eraser on it, but is uh, cedar. But it just doesn't work because they're too light. So it's not the same as that one that you sent me. And so I was trying to find another. Is is there any round cedar pencil, natural or not? Really, I mean, the only I've I've got some blackwing ones that I've taken the ferrule off and sharpen on the opposite side so I could have a ferruleless cedar pencil, but I just don't like that core, you know, so it doesn't work. Well, um, so our friend Gary has gotten into the uh, paint stripping uh-huh. of the black wings. I guess you could paint strip some volume ones or paint strip some, yeah. um, like some generals pencils like the goddess or the uh, oh, layout. Totally paint strip the volume ones. Get that ugly ass veneer off of that <laughs> this is where we this is where you and i fight the, the sausage liner veneer of, yes. uh... sausage liner veneer that's really that's on point even though i really like them i don't see oh, anything on the the field notes pencil online that says that it's cedar so i'm i'm curious about that so i may try again yeah my last shipment came with one that was cedar but it's still you know I, think, I feel like they used to be usable, and now it's like breading with a nail that's not even very naily, so much as like a railroad spike. Okay, spiky. It's like, yeah, it's like yep. you're clearly not supposed to use this pencil. 
Well, you know, they, they used to say California or like Cal Cedar on the side of it. Um, those field notes pencils and mm-hmm. it was turns out it turns out Cal Cedar is a uh, brand name um, yeah. so I think they stopped doing that but I yeah I should check I I got a I got an, another pencil with my my coastal edition that I, I didn't pay much attention to but I will well the last the last point I was gonna make is that I have made a surprising turn towards soft pencils and most notably the Blackwing MMX core, which we've talked yeah. about a lot. But I've been using it almost exclusively for three weeks. You're getting soft in your old age. I'm getting soft. Yeah. Going getting soft on me. You're um, not even thirty yet. Yeah. I'm thirty. <laughs> I'm thirty. <laughs> Just thirty. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I thought you were gonna turn thirty. I feel a little no, better about this. Yeah, yeah. I turned thirty in August, so I'm I am 30, but the Blackwing 73 has I'm totally smitten with it. I mean I love the MMX core, but there's something about the 73 that's made me so happy. Um, I think because of the kind of subtle grip that comes from the topographical lines, you know, that come with it. Um, but I have been using it almost exclusively in field notes notebooks lately, and it has been so great. I've used two down to the ferrule, you know, down to nothing, which is make it just makes me super happy. I, there, it's a good feel. I I feel productive when I'm sharpening a pencil a lot, uh, which some people find annoying. But I just I like to stop and sharpen and use it as much as I can. And like you know, with a MMX core, when you use it down a little bit, it almost feels like a marker. You know, it gets rounded. Yeah. It's like a it's sign like you're pen. Using, yeah, it's like you use a sign pen or a sharpie or something. It's really satisfying because it's like I could use this forever before I have to sharpen it, and uh, I really really love it and i was able to um cash on on some riches i uh, cash in on some riches and uh, find some folks who are willing to trade some blackwing 211s the beloved blackwing 211s for some blackwing 73s so <laughs> what yes he, it I wasn't a one-to-one trade, trade was it that's what i was gonna it was, ask it was not but it was still i mean i, I mean blackwing 211s are like the the rate is ridiculous so i still i mean i tried to be a little generous you know as far as what the i mean blackwing 211s are going for insane numbers i mean it's like 300 dollars for a dozen hmm. and the 73s are going for like 40 bucks a dozen which is still like double the price but i was what? offer offering folks like Two or three Blackwing 211s for a dozen uh, uh, 73s, because, and I'm gonna That's say a, a super, deal. super controversial thing here, but uh, I don't use the 211s very much. So, in in theory and on paper, they're perfect, but I just don't find myself using them very often. Maybe it's because I'm being hesitant because they're so expensive and they're they're so great, but. Um, they're just a little thinner. I want something that's got a little more heft to it. And the 73, I think, uh, another controversial statement, I think the 73 is maybe my favorite edition so far. Really? Yeah, this is the Blackwing 73. And I've been putting an orange eraser into the ferrule, and those are just my favorite things in the world. I love them. I've been buying extra orange erasers to put into all of the my 73s because the... Blackwing 73 with the orange ferrule is just perfect. I love carrying it in my pocket. Love, and now I've got some uh, a CW pencils, pencil extender that's uh, you know filled with a, a stub of a, a 73, and it just makes me so happy. It's my favorite. I think it's my favorite edition. So, 
don't add me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. Cool. All right. Well, that was uh, that was great. So let's get on to our main topic, which is all of these spring 2018 releases that have come out since we've talked to each other last. We're going to talk about Field Notes, we're going to talk about Blackwing, and we're going to talk about Write Notepads. Hmm. Uh, a lot of good stuff that's come out since we've talked last. And let's start with the Field Notes Coastal Edition. Well, Johnny which... wouldn't know because he doesn't listen to our podcast. But in fact, we did talk about Field Notes Coastal on the last episode that he was not on. Yeah, but I, so... I, I still didn't have them at that point. <laughs> and unfortunately, I still don't have them now. Um, I, I want to. But yeah. I, actually, this goes back to the Take Note podcast because Ted on the Take Note podcast inspired me. Because he was like, I have two field notes notebooks left. When those are done, I don't know what I'm going to do. I was huh. like, oh, man. <laughs> Cutting to the core there, Ted. Yeah. Uh, I looked at my you know, my uh, pencil notebook case that I got from Michael's, and I have, I have probably 60 field notes <laughs> notebooks that I haven't used. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to buy some coastal editions. Because <laughs> yeah. I don't need them. And that's just a fact. Yeah. So I didn't. But... I, I love them. They're beautiful. Yeah, they're they're absolutely beautiful. And Andy, do you have some of them? I do. Um, I was tell us, u- tell us a little, like what are your thoughts about it? I um I was using them a little bit, and I I think the main criticism that goes around for them is that the reticle graph um, uh, ink is a little bit too dark and a little bit too thick, so it's just very uh, starkly um, ruled on the inside. And I I think I think I agree with that. I think that makes sense. Um, I, I mean, I use a dark pencil on it, so like a like a seventy three, for example, will like shine right through. But if it was like a really thin ballpoint, or if it was a lighter um, pencil, I think that probably yeah, it would be be a little harder to see the writing on that reticle graph. When really, like the root, like as cool as reticle graph is, and as cool as that like fountain fade of of. Um, of colors are on the inside really like the ruling on a page should really fade into the background it should really just be a guide for you know the things you're going to write in it so whenever they come into the limelight a little bit too much um you know sometimes it can get a little overwhelming and i think that they may have kind of like tread a little close to that line with the coastal edition but like i you know i talked about um last time uh, that we well that when we were here with the graphite confidential people I, I mentioned about how it's like it's incredibly pr- like hard to get that precise with two different runs of that uh, foil stamping you know there's like a yellow and a blue foil stamp on those and they run right next to each other so I so appreciate the craftsmanship and I really love the color the covers of these but they're I mean so they're just gorgeous to look at and I love kind of like the conceptual thing that they did but it's it's probably not yeah my my very favorite edition johnny what do you think of them um i agree about the reticle thing and i suppose the caveat should be that i hate reticle grid no matter how faint or dark it is i really don't like night sky johnny night sky that ruined night sky for me even though i love that edition Uh like i still have a set that i don't think i even unwrapped because i'm like ugh. they were henry was born he can have them they're like his birth uh birth edition but um yeah, I agree with that. And the covers are so beautiful. 
that they almost seem like unfield notesy because they're so damn slick. Yeah. But if you look really closely at where the white field, the white stamping of field notes is, the foil like creeps up on the letters a lot in a really like not imperfect way, but that these are still field notes way, which I appreciate, and it keeps them from looking too slick. Yeah. But um, I really liked the cover stock because you know the the cuts on their spines, like, you know, they're always a little jagged and that's fine, but I've gotten a couple in the last year or two that have just, you know, started ripping up to a staple hmm. and I go through them pretty quickly. So that's kind of ridiculous, but these look really good, especially for field notes. So that was nice, but yeah. Yeah. I yeah, love no the texture of those covers. Yeah. I don't like thick cover stock. This, this isn't too thick. I like it a lot, but, um, yeah, the reticle. No, thank you. Like, please now ever use that again. As if you're listening to me. <laughs> no. But I do appreciate that they kept their regular paper so that at least you know what you're getting. You know what's going to work on it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's a nice keeping with it feature. Yeah. Tim, just as far as, you know, kind of like looking at them and even even if it's not something you're getting, like it's like kind of visually, what is your what is your impressions of these things? Look, Looking at them. They're more exciting than anything I've seen in a long time. Yeah. From field notes. I mean, they're stunning. I think they're awesome. I love the concept of it. I love the look of them. I love the the physical situation, you know, like with the, the foil stamping and everything. I think they just look amazing. And it and I will say that it took a a lot <laughs> of uh, willpower not to just order <laughs> some for no reason. Uh-huh. So I would, if I if I had just the disposable income to just kind of buy stuff for no reason that I wouldn't use eventually or just that I could collect, I would totally have bought these. Yeah. But for me at this point, I was just, I was kind of trying to hold myself back and saying, there are notebooks. <laughs> Don't get crazy. You're not going to fill it up until you are, you know, 40 years old. It's going to be 10 <laughs> years before you get to those. So just chill. Um, but they're they're they look beautiful. I think the concept is really awesome. I think it's a big concept, you know, like it's a concept that um, it seems like they're kind of burning it when they could have used it later. Sort yeah. of, it's an it's an easy concept. Uh, the two coasts of the country, you know, um, yeah. they could they could have done that down the road. So so me, I you know I always am kind of baffled by them coming up with new ideas because there's so many things you could do with it but also it seems kind of restricting at a certain point so yeah. it seems kind of like a, a low hanging fruit or whatever and I, that sounds way more negative than I meant it to because these are gorgeous and I they're awesome yeah. so I mean I am generally very reticle grid just seems like stupid I'm like just make a graph come on <laughs> like who are we getting here Just gra it's graph just add a tiny little bit more to each line and just make it a graph paper and we'll all be happy. <laughs> uh, or what's so. wrong with lined paper? They never <laughs> yeah. use, they never really seem to do lined. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. So yeah. those are my thoughts. I think I think I, it's beautiful. Reticle's dumb, but outside <laughs> is man, like really, really beautiful. Y'all are haters. No, <laughs> I I will say that the um that these these notebooks next to the Blackwing 73s look real good because they're all they all sort of have those those same like terrain lines on them 
Um, yeah. And they're both like have a lot of a lot of blues in it. So I've yeah, Blackwing seventy three and a Field Nuts Coastal look very nice. And you know what yeah. the um, the coast specific um, what do you call it thing? The practical applications in the back that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. One of them was a cell quiet car notes, which is I guess an East Coast thing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. I yeah. appreciate that. And actually, their um, their belly band was really nice. Like, they obviously put a lot of thought into their belly bands. We never really talk about those. It's true. But um, these were super nice. Like the Shenandoah with the wooden belly band. Yeah. We never talked about. But like, God, that was perfect. <clears throat> we talk about that. Uh, speaking of Blackwing, Blackwings, the fifty-four. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Does anybody else want to want to start on this? I'll jump on the the start and okay. say, get your typewriter bell ready. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, I really really like this pencil, like so much. It's so, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of uh dedicated to white guy stuff, and then, like I don't want to throw around the term like masculine aesthetic, but you know there's a certain aesthetic that would seem to preclude using rose pink. Yeah. So I appreciate that they broke out of that and used like glossy, thick rose pink. And the yeah. teal, which is a super nice touch. Yeah. Well, of course, like as the, like the, the idea is that the this was sort of designed by randomness. You know, the that they picked the, the, the foil and they picked the eraser and they picked the color of the ferrule and they picked the color of the barrel, completely based on just like random drawing, um, which. Yeah, there's been some skepticism expressed, like, from people about whether or not they've actually done that, because that would be a very expensive and kind of silly thing to do. Um, but I, I'm not. I mean, I'm willing to to buy into that story, um, because yeah, like that to me, like that blue and that pink don't really go to go well together. Um, I think I mentioned um, I took a I took out the, the eraser and put in a a yellow eraser and it just looked perfect like it looked like an easter pencil then um and and coming to us like around around easter time it was perfect um but yeah it has a has a nice firm core in it which i think everybody really likes um if you don't like the way it looks uh as johnny mentioned before uh our friend gary varner has uh has a new has a new hack he takes pure acetone to the um to the barrel and just strips it of the paint and then he uh, lets it dry and then stains it. Um, there's some if you're in our field nuts group, uh, field nuts, uh, the erasable group. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! Come on in. Uh, if you're in the erasable group, um, you can probably see some pictures on it, and yeah, um, kind of see how that works. So, so yeah, I I think it's a really nice pencil. Um, I like the yeah. core. Um, you know, Tim, I know you're. You're now on, you're now a softy, but if you if you like the <laughs> the extra fermies, then yeah, then this is good. Did do you have no, the fifty four stand? Not yet. I'm, yeah. I definitely want to try to get a hold of at least some. I'll send you, you know, a couple. Not, if, yeah, yeah, oh, that'd be awesome. But yeah. I I mean I I want to try them out. I think visually, uh, they're pretty catching. You know, yeah. and I and I love it's just something about looking at the page. Like you pull up the page from the fifty four and it says the exquisite corpse pencil. I'm like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. Um uh, just a, a great subtitle for it. This uh surrealist uh a pencil. And it's yeah, I, I I think it looks great. 
I think it was um, uh, much needed, kind of like you guys have said, within the the span of the kinds of things they've done over yeah. the course of the of the Blackwing's vo- Blackwing Volumes edition. It's uh, and I like that. I think this is the first edition in my mind where the color of the barrel and the color of the ferrule have kind of clashed in like a cool way. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, they haven't done anything like that. That's just kind of out there where you're like, whoa, that's kind of funky. You know, uh, most of them have kind of made sense in some, some fashion. So, um, I like it. I haven't tried one yet and I, I, I definitely plan to certainly plan to, but I just, uh, haven't yet. So, it's kind of fun also to have the Blackwing 54 and the 56. Like I feel like this is the two <laughs> closest editions that we've had that are just two numbers apart within the whole span. We haven't talked about the numbers themselves very much, you know, over the course of the yeah. course of everything. There's an endless number of possibilities that we could have, but I know we talked literally about infinite number one. of possibilities. Yeah, lit- literally. And the, but the, like with the volume one. I remember we talked about that, but like, you're going to use volume one on this? Really? <laughs> this is like that ugly thing. You're going to burn volume one on this, like, sausage lining of a pencil? It's going to, but, um, <laughs> screw you guys. That's a great pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, just, I, uh, I can't stop thinking about the video of that guy smoking whatever that was. Because it looks like the, it looks like what he's, the, we are writing with what he's smoking. It looked yeah, like a he's, finger. He's smoking, smoking a finger. <laughs> Smoke on a finger. The West Coast thing. Take a <laughs> puff of that West Coast finger. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to try one, but uh, and I, it's good for another extra firm core. So I'm, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. So they've done three years. Twenty fours. Okay. So in three years, two of those years, they've done all four cores, mm-hmm. which makes me suspicious that it was really exquisite cores, at least for the core this time. Hmm. So yeah, it's nice that you know they're not just doing the six or two over and over again. Yeah, uh-huh. and I guess if they're yeah. not going to release a, an extra firm regular edition, they might as well uh, have that come up over and over again in the yeah, um, yeah in those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when's the when's the is the seventy three the last MMX core they've had? Yeah, yeah, because the sixteen point two was. Um, the 602 core. It's a pearl yeah, core. Firm. Oh, no, it's a 602. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just using one of those at work today, and man, they just, like, that matte finish just feels so nice. It does. Yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah for sure. All right. Should All right. we should move on to the Cherry Blossom Festival? Let's do it. Yay. Yeah. So, um, Write Notepads, I think the most recent release out of these things was Write Notepads. Um, and they released the Sakura edition, which is a uh, Japanese uh, cherry tree that makes really beautiful, bright pink cherry blossoms, which is what the cherry blossom is. Um, DC has a really big festival. San Francisco has a really big festival. And of course, they have them all over in Japan. Um, so um, it was a. Um, well, I don't want to. S- my front yard. Yeah. I don't want to steal the spotlight from Johnny oh. since he's our right notepads boy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, <laughs> no, no, they're, but... they're, um, they're, uh, saddle stitch. So they are in, like folded over and stapled like a, like a typical field notes might be. Um, um, but they're stitched, not stapled, right? Um, they're, I mean, they're stapled. Yeah. They're, um, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. And they, they use, it's interesting cause it's a rose gold wire that he uses for stapling it. 
but it's really hard to tell. Like it's, did he talk to you about this, Johnny? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have known if he didn't say anything. Yeah. It's really, and I, I never thought that like, it would be hard to like see rose gold in metal, but like thinking about it, yeah, that goes perfectly with that, that cover. So it's a pretty, pretty simple cover. Like it has a really nice texture on the paper. Um, it uh, has just a really simple illustrated cherry blossom branch that kind of like goes from the back to the front. Um, I guess if I had one criticism of that design, it would be that like the, the back is actually more beautiful looking than the front to me. Um, the front mm-hmm. just sort of looks like a, like an extension of that back. But uh, that being said, yeah, it's really beautiful and very simple. Um, it's different than I think a lot of times he goes for something that has a little bit more filigree, like is a little bit more ornate. Um, which is totally the aesthetic, and it works so well for what Write Notepads does. Uh, but this is a definitely a little bit more simple, and it feels very like like mid-century Japanese, definitely in the illustration style. Um, yeah, uh, one of your notes, Johnny, I think is my exact uh, my exact thought is the grid is just kind of like meh. But to me, that meh is because it's just so darn small. Like it's not as small as the, the Lenore edition, mm-hmm. but it's really small. Yeah, I find it got balanced out by the fact that it's so damn faint. I just yeah. pretty much ignore it. Yeah. But it's it's like really close to field notes, which I think is already slightly too small. Mm. Like if someone would make one just a little bigger than field notes, like the size of field notes is dot grid, that's the perfect graph, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like I've I've been in a, a mode lately where field notes notebooks and I mean, I've, I've come back to Field Notes and Epics after using a variety of other things. They're just so perfect. It's like when you think about baseball, right? Like this part of the Ken Burns baseball documentary, but just if the base paths were 89 feet instead of 90 feet or 91 feet instead of 90 feet, like the game would be totally different. Right, everyone would get thrown out at first base. Or if the pitcher's mound was just like six inches further, everyone would get hits. Right, it's just this like kind of perfect portion, like this perfect. Um, uh, the the measurements just line up in a way that's super useful. Where like I want to use a field notes notebook and like their grid and their dimensions and the staples. Like I just I don't have to think about it, and I love it. I don't have to fight against it, you know. Yeah. Um, where I feel like they really landed on something that just works. Maybe it was by genius. Maybe it was by luck. But every field notes notebook I pick up, I'm just like, yeah, let's do this. I'll shove it in my pocket. I'll use it every day. I'll pull it out, write things down if I need them. But other notebooks, I feel like I'm fighting against them. You're like, oh, this is too short. This is too fat. This is too, uh, like the binding doesn't open up flat enough. You know, like there's always something, but with field notes, there's nothing where. This is the most on-brand Tim Wassum uh, monologue I've ever heard, by the way. (laughs) Why? Why? Why do you say that? (laughs) Field notes is like baseball. Oh yeah, yeah. I know. No, I love it. It's not like, yeah, totally. I mean, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you, you know, first to uh, home base, home base to first base, you got 90 feet. If it was 91 feet, everyone would get thrown out every single time. Hmm. If it was, if it was 89 feet, then everyone would get on base. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's like a they just lucked out. They they landed on that early enough. That's what stuck, and so the the sport lasted whereas same thing with pitching you know if if the pitchers were six inches closer to the to home plate then everyone would strike out every time if it was six inches further away then everyone would get a hit Hmm. because it's it's just kind of perfect and i feel like that with 
with field notes. So hmm. the, the dimensions, fit, as far as fitting in a pocket, as far as giving you room to write, as far as the shape of the grid, as far as the stapling, and as far as how they lay flat, it just it works. It's totally utilitarian. So I I keep coming back to them, and, and I feel like a lot of other notebooks are trying to kind of reinvent the wheel with that, understandably, because you can't just copy off other people, but yeah, still. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what did what did you think of the the extra with the Sakura uh, notepads? Did you, so, did you plant your tree, Johnny? No, but um, from what I understand, they weren't cheap to get. So huh. I feel like mm-hmm. I need to do something right with those seeds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we didn't mention the extra. If you're a subscriber or if you buy the deluxe pack, it is a set of cherry tree seeds. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty awesome. I wonder if I can sneak that into a like a garden or like a park strip or something around here and just like randomly grow a cherry tree. That would be fun. You should, you should do it like on the side of the road. Yeah. Like, stuff them in the ground. Do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. With these, I appreciated the extra real estate for the page spread hmm. because right notepads are already wider and then these open super flat like a field notes. You're just like, damn, I have like half a letter page every time I open this thing. But it still fits in my jeans pocket. When you think about it, jeans are like baseball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because America. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody suggested that they were going to fall apart with only two staples. But um, my first one, like, I've... I really tried to like beat the hell out of that thing. It didn't fall apart. It yeah. was fine. I mean, I don't understand why Field Notes uses three when they used to use two, because that middle one really screws with the flexibility of the book. Hmm. That kind of bugs me. I feel like that's one thing they do that doesn't make any sense, and it makes the notebook work less. What but would I, um? Yeah. What would Ginny do if if her blog had to be called Two Staples? <laughs> that's why they won't switch it back yeah <laughs> they're like Very somebody named their blog after us <laughs> well that's a good reason to keep it then i guess yeah that's that's interesting <laughs> but um yeah i mean i i don't know how to say this like the folks that write notepads would be crazy to not keep making saddle stitch notebooks now because you know, a lot of people were like oh i like them i like their aesthetic i like their paper but i don't like that pure binding but these are like field notes with better paper and better quality control. <laughs> well, because, you know, they, they make them and they won't wrap them if they're crap. Yeah. And they're, I mean, smaller runs for sure. So, and a smaller shop. So it's probably easier to like keep a good eye on them. Yeah. And they could do stuff like the, the covers are letterpressed in three colors, which as I understand it is pretty complicated. Yeah. Or at least it's a lot more time-consuming. So, yeah. you know. and, and Write Notepads be- is like its own print shop where Field Notes, you know, entirely sort of like su- sources this out through a supply chain, which, which is cool because it's kind of like they're they're conducting an orchestra, right? Like they Field Notes is like an orchestra. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of like <laughs> a, a lot of moving parts that need to be sort of like you know arranged and conducted in harmony. Um, whereas like everything happens in house at Field Notes, which or at Write Notepads, which is a a much different sort of a beast. So yeah, like Baron Fig and um, Field Notes both are like design companies, not like stationary companies. Yeah, yeah. There's I a. Don't, re- I don't. I don't think they disagree with. 
Sorry. Yeah. There's a really great episode, by the way, the most recent episode of the RSVP podcast with with our friends, and they talk a lot about stationary subscriptions. Um, and they kind of broach that subject a little bit, like, you know, what's what's the focus of of these subscription models and you know, are you are you buying a design? Are you buying a stationary? Are, are you buying like a like a concept, like futures? Like what's what's going on? So, um, I'll have a link to that in show notes. It's a really good episode. Excellent. Yeah, I think of the the two spring notebooks. These are a little more usable than the field notes. Just if nothing else, because you can see the paper they, when you look at the page. They don't feel as precious. Yeah, I mean. You know, they make really, really durable notebooks, too. So even when they, they look precious, you can still, like, beat the crap out of them. They'll still be okay. Yeah. And the paper is their usual paper, which is really nice paper. I like the textured cover a lot. Yeah. I mean, we really got to talk Mr. Roth into doing more staple action with this lighter cover material. Well, thank you for listening to episode 94 of the Erasable Podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at erasable.us slash 94. And you can find our podcast on Twitter at or at Erasable Podcast and on Instagram at Erasable Podcast. My name is Tim Wassum. You can find me on Twitter at Tim Wassum and on Instagram at Timothy Wassum. Andy, where can people find you on the internet? I am on the internet and on Twitter and Instagram as at a And you can find my uh, pencil blog that I never update at woodclinch.com. How about you, Johnny? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. So I have been re-updating my pencil blog regularly. See, I'm the class nerd at uh, <laughs> pencilrevolution.com. I don't even think I use Twitter anymore, really. Um, and I'm on Instagram at my name, although it's largely pictures of my children and like Coffee. things I see walking around. Yeah. Things I drink. Things I eat. <laughs> things I see walking around like people and animals. <laughs> moing, moing, moing. Dead squirrels. You know. Not walking around. They're just sitting around. Lovely Baltimore landscape. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it more lovely than the rest. <laughs> 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 and that's it for us here at the original <laughs> all right good night folks <laughs> this is episode I'll throw 94 music. thank you for listening <laughs> <laughs>